and welcome to the Peaceful Pastures podcast, finding peace in the pastures, spending 10 minutes each day with your shepherd. I am Pastor Daniel Lewig, and this podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministries of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. On day two, we capture the context. We recognize our world today is just a little bit different than the world at the time of the Bible. There are customs, practices, idioms, descriptions of locations that are lost on us. On this day, we take the opportunity to explore the context of the chapters in front of us. Yesterday, we listened to chapters 37 through 40 of Genesis. Let's explore what's taking place surrounding this lesson. But first, let us begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, blessed are they who hear the word of God and obey it. Amen. As we take a look at chapter 37 of Genesis, we are reminded of the three patriarchs, the three fathers that the people identify with as their connection to to God. That God identifies himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as we took a look at the early life of Jacob before the new year, we now come to the time period when he is a father. And as we look at chapter 37, this is the reminder that the reason why we give thanks for that, that name, that identity, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as we look at these pages of Scripture, as we look at these examples, we don't rejoice in this title because of who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are. Page after page of Scripture reminds us that they too were sinners, that they too struggle with temptation and sin. And we see the dysfunctional families that might look very familiar to us today. We see different examples of of people that are led astray. But the reason why we rejoice in that term, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is not because of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of their faithfulness, but God's faithfulness. As we look at these chapters, as we see the majority of the book of Genesis that focuses on those three individuals and their families, what we see is the faithfulness of our God. The God who, despite the unfaithfulness of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he remained consistent. He remained faithful. His promises were sure and certain. And he continued to be with these sinful individuals, just as he continues to be with sinful individuals today. The reason we rejoice in that, in that title, in that name, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is because it is God in that title, God in that name, that faithfulness of God that is also ours as well. The faithfulness we receive through him, through his promises, and what he has done for us. As we turn our attention to Genesis chapter 37, this is the, that final account as we look at Joseph's youngest son, or excuse me, at Jacob's youngest son, Joseph. 
as we look at the context surrounding this chapter, uh, this is the where we get the phrase, the coat of many colors. As we've heard about that, it's in Genesis chapter 37, about the, the coat that was given to, to Joseph from his father Jacob. Traditionally, again, this was translated as a coat of many colors. You might have heard yesterday that the phrase, a special coat or a special robe, was used here instead. We do not know. The precise meaning of the term is, is no longer known. It may have referred to a robe or a tunic with fancy embroidery or a, a tunic with long sleeves, which was a symbol of a higher status. Whether or not it was a, a coat of many colors, what, what we do know is that this coat was something that was very special, was significant upon seeing it, and reflected that, that status. When Joseph describes his dreams, later on in the week we'll talk about part of his perspective in this, but uh, one of two things is known about, about Joseph here. Either it was pride and he was being boastful about these dreams that he knew showed his brothers bowing down to him and even his, his parents, or it was completely oblivious uh, to the reaction that he was going to get from, from his brothers in, in sharing this. But the discord that had grown through the years was reaching its, its head. The rest of 37 describes uh, the location of where Joseph was sent to find his brothers who had the, the cattle out in pasture. This was a significant dif- distance from home. Hebron is located in central Judah. Shechem is in central Samaria. Dothan, in verse 17, is even farther north in Samaria. So the brothers are ranging pretty far from home to find pasture for their flocks. This is why it was more believable that Joseph could have succumbed to a wild animal as the brothers plotted his death and demise and the story that they were going to give to their father Jacob. The amount of money that was used here for the selling of their brother into slavery uh, was indicates that Joseph was pr- still considered to be a boy rather than a man based upon elsewhere in Scripture the amounts that are used for this type of a, a purchase. In chapter 38, like the brothers' selling of Joseph, this chapter is another evidence of the moral decline of Jacob's sons. As we talk about the custom of levirate marriage, which is brother-in-law marriage, in which a younger unmarried brother was expected to marry his deceased brother's widow if his brother had left no heir. That was a custom that predated the Mosaic Law, which incorporated a form of levirate marriage into the law in Deuteronomy chapter 25. The purpose of such a marriage was to keep all branches of the family line intact. This also served as another way of providing for those who suffered that that loss of spouse as a way of offering that that type of protection at a time when these things did not exist. There was no social security. There were no other safety nets that were available at this time. This was meant to be uh, something that helped to provide that at this time period. 
But what we see here is an example of, of hypocrisy and falling further into, into sin. The Bible doesn't mince these examples. It doesn't sweep it under the rug. But it shows the complete lack of, of faith, the, the lack of following God, the error of, of sin, and the total depravity of mankind, even those who are God's own people. But what we see, or at least what I would like you to keep in mind with this portion of Scripture is how God uses even the sinful acts of men and women for his eternal purpose and good. Through her son Perez, Tamar became part of the line of the Messiah. Along with Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba, she is one of the four women mentioned in Matthew chapter 1, as mothers who became part of the line of Christ under irregular circumstances. That's especially the wonderful highlight that comes from this chapter, that God's promise to send a Savior to be the answer to sin, to redeem people from their sin, to offer a peace that only He can provide. That is seen in as we look at that lineage, as we look at that line, and see how God used all of this to accomplish his purpose and grace. In Genesis chapter 39, we come across a man by the name of Potiphar, who was an officer in Pharaoh's court, who was considered to be the captain of the guard. As we look at chapter 39, do keep in mind verse 2 which is the key to understanding this story. We see this repeated throughout many verses here in the, this chapter and coming chapters, where it says the Lord was with Joseph. And he became successful. He served in the house of his master, the Egyptian. God's blessing of Joseph is a theme that is repeated several times in this account. At times we see Joseph struggling with perhaps sins of pride and challenges within his own family and brothers. But in chapter 39, we see a wonderful example of, of faith. That despite an easy circumstance that was there for him, a temptation that was right in front of him, he acts in loyalty to his master as well as to his God. And we have that phrase, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Potiphar sentenced Joseph to the prison for high-ranking political prisoners rather than to an immediate terrible death. This suggests that he suspected that his wife had not told him the whole story. He easily was within, within his rights to inflict a more stringent punishment and chose to do this instead. Again, God's hand in protecting Joseph during this time. As we look at chapter 40, the cupbearer and the baker that are mentioned here were not ordinary household servants in charge of preparing food, but important attendants of the king. You can compare this to the role of Nehemiah, the prophet Nehemiah, as cupbearer of the king of Persia, 
in later portions of the Old Testament. In Hebrew, the expression for many days may cover months or even years. So here it is translated for some time. In this chapter, we still see God's guiding hand in protecting Joseph, but Joseph still having his faith tested further. As we reach the conclusion of chapter 40, when the chief cupbearer does not remember Joseph but forgets him. So Joseph was in in prison for some time, and that can be a significant amount of time before something happens. We will cover that in chapter 41 and following in the week ahead. This wraps up today's podcast. We invite you to join in next time and take the opportunity to share our podcast with someone in your life who could use some peace in the pastures. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at Christ Countryside Wells, W-E-L-S, at yahoo.com. Our podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministry of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. Music used with permission from Koine, part of their soundtrack to Oh That the Lord Would Guide My Ways. You can find their music on iTunes and many other online musical stores. Scripture used in this podcast is from the Evangelical Heritage Version, used with permission from the Wartburg Project. This is Pastor Daniel Lewig wishing you God's richest blessings on your day.